MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. I'm Alec Mappa, here to introduce America's sister, the queen of all showbiz, Lonnie Love. Hello, Ellie. The finale. Season 15 finale. I went to the live taping and I missed you. Oh my goodness. Well, we're going to get to all of that. Yeah, yeah. Since this is the finale, we want to remind people that... Mm -hmm. This is it. We are going to talk about the season 15 finale, which Alec actually went to the live taping. So we want to talk about all that. We're going to talk about the looks to the performances, to Miss Congeniality, to Sasha Colby being America's next drag superstar. Our cup run it's over. This over it's a lot to talk about it's but you know what over it's Alec, splashing all over me because i want to get straight to it let's okay. get to this 15 seconds to say all right squirrel friends it's time for 15 seconds to say this is where alec and i have 15 seconds to race and say all of our most important thoughts and takes on a topic given to us by our producers now since it's the finale of season 15 and we've both done drag yes we're gonna pretend that we have to tell rupaul why we deserve the crown and the <gasps> title of America's next drag superstar. Can you convince Mama Ru to give you the cash? Alec, you are up first. Ready, set, set. Hi, I'm Alec Mappa, and I should be America's next drag superstar because drag is an x-ray of the imagination. The imagination has no limits. You can take you wherever you want to go, and I want to spread drag's message of love and acceptance. <laughs> Very good. Did I come in under the? I do, that was completely unrehearsed. I That's just like, like fourteen seconds. That was pretty good. Okay, that was pretty good for Okay, right. my turn. Okay, okay, here we go. Ready, set, say. I need to uh, get that money because I don't need pads, and I already look like <laughs> a drag star. I got the wigs. Give it to me. I love you. I love drag. Give it, get, just give me the damn money. That's 15. You know what? You had me convinced. It's kind of like she has the shape. She's got the hair. Just give her the money so she can buy more hair. Squirrel friends, if you have something that you want us to say for 15 seconds, DM or message us your ideas at Alec Mappa on Instagram or mm-hmm. at Comic Lonnie Love on Instagram and Lonnie Love on Twitter. So this is why I'm trying to get to this because okay. Alec... You went to the live taping. Tell me everything about it. You have no idea. You have no idea. First of all, the seat that World of Wonder gave me, Uh I was in the center sixth row. (gasps) I was in the center sixth row. And when I showed up, it was like all of the cool kids, but the really cool kids in the cafeteria in high Uh school, but like like the fun artistic kids. I mean, I'm talking... (laughs) Frankie Grande, uh-huh. Daniel Francesi. I saw oh. Nicole Byer. Oh. I saw T.S. Madison, Carson, uh, Michelle, uh, Ross. Everybody was like right up close to me. Did I say Nicole Byer? I saw Vanessa Williams. You saw Vanessa her? Williams. I said hello to her. And this is this is how insecure I am. Lonnie, I'm admitting a fault. I'm admitting an insecurity. I go through life literally thinking nobody's going to remember me. (laughs) 
you know, no. and, and so that I don't take it personally. Because I know the minute I walk through this world going, I'm famous, I'm a celebrity, <laughs> the universe is going to pull a rug from under me and go, no, you're not. I'm going to meet somebody at the red carpet behind the the stanchion going, and your name is, what's your name? But everybody was so lovely. I saw Patrick Starr, the makeup artist, and Jiggly Caliente, and we we took a Filipino selfie all together because we're all Filipino. And I saw Lady Camden and Angeria Paris Van Michaels from last season. So what is like the energy? Is it like everybody's talking? Everybody's dressed up? um, you well, know, all the former queens are there. The, all the queens from season 14 were there. Mm. And then a lot of former drag queens. I saw Morgan McMichaels and James Mansfield and all those children. And the energy in the room is that everybody belongs. Mm. There's like nobody is the energy. I have to tell you, it's it's kind of like we're all there to kind of celebrate Rue, the mother of the house of love. So the energy in the place was you're safe here. And you're mm-hmm. accepted here. And nobody was a minority. Uh-huh. It's kind of like I talked last week, I got kind of serious, about how drag turns the social order upside down. So right. people who would be considered in the social order the least, you know, a black drag queen or the effeminate kids or the transsexual kids or people who their gender expression is different from everybody else, so it, mm. it's in common, they're all accepted. It felt like walking into a big hug. It sounds like it yeah. felt like love. That's what and, it felt and like. And I love. heard Injeria's wig was as tall as you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Injeria's wig was up there. She had a big Diana Ross wig that went high above her head. And just the looks of everybody, especially now, especially mm-hmm. now with all of the hate that's being spewed towards the drag community and the transgender community, it felt like a relief, like with all that's going on in the world. It was nice to have a celebration. Did anybody yeah. mention our podcast? Anyone? Actually, they did. <gasps> I met Stephen, who is Mistress Isabel Brooks' best friend, and mm-hmm. he helps Mistress come up with her looks and helps get her dressed and said they both both love the podcast. I did have a lot of people come up to me and want to take selfies and they took selfies with me and then would tell me that they love Squirrel Friends. Oh, wow. So that's really cool, right? I mean, that we just so kind of do awesome. this podcast week after week and never really have any sense of like, anybody out there listening? But they're <laughs> listening and it, it was lovely. It was you, just So really you had great cool. seats. The energy was positive. Yeah. Do you like the live taping aspect or did, did you like it like when it was like a little more intimate? All right, you and I both have the experience of having seen Lip Syncs live, right? Or Mm -hmm. performances live. So you saw Denali do uh, the Crystal Water song, 100%. Pure Love, love, Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite lip syncs. So you could kind of tell us the difference between seeing that live and seeing it on tape. I think what made the live thing amazing was you're there as it's happening. Mm. As it's happening. And, you know, tapings run, you know, they run for a while. I mean, if you go to the Grammys, you're going to MTV Awards or anything like that, you're there watching things happen in real time. So that is exciting. And to watch the performers kind of feed off the energy of us in the Mm -hmm. audience and also seeing the queens get their flowers. Yeah, You know, seeing the queens because they've been watching it on television for the first time. Like we're watching it. 
Because right? we, we have to remember that they've been watching it and they really haven't seen each other. I mean, Mm-mm. they probably, they talk to each other and yeah. everything. Yeah. But this is the first time that everybody is together. So it's like yeah. a massive, this is like, I would say the big game for Drag Race. This is it. This is the Super Bowl. Yeah. When you film a reality show a year in advance and then it's broadcast and then you see that people have watched it or you see that people have been listening to the things that you say or are quoting things back to you or you've, you've created a catchphrase that now everybody knows about it. It's fun to watch the queens have that moment where they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> now, you've seen it on tape and you've mm-hmm. also seen it live. Yes. How did you feel seeing it live versus seeing it on tape. Do you think... I think it was really exciting seeing it live. I mean, I have to be honest. It's just kind of like, you know, when the queens make their entrance, I said, when RuPaul makes her entrance live, Uh Uh it's literally like a clap of thunder. And to see how she just stands there and her presence... Mm-hmm. And also to watch her be so good at being RuPaul, reading yeah. the teleprompter, being professional. And at one point, Ru said to everybody, there's nothing to be nervous about. We're just in my mama's living room. Let's all pretend <laughs> I'm just in my mama's living room and we're just cutting up. And Ru had some sisters in the audience, his family really? in the audience. Yeah. So it was just kind of like and was always referencing people in the audience, like saying hi to folks. Hey, mm. T.S. Hey, you know, Michelle. hey, Frankie Grande. Uh And then also in between things, when they had to hold for things, Ross and Michelle and T.S. and Carson would do trivia with the audience. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ask trivia questions about Drag Race and they would they were giveaways. So it was so much fun. And those are the things you don't see. I heard the crowd was yelling, let loose to Lucy. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> they were screaming everything at everybody, but especially Lucy LaDuca. You know, we talked last week about how the reunion was almost kind of rough on Lucy. You know, there yeah. were a lot of confrontations and a lot of things to iron out, but the audience really kind of cheered for Lucy in a way that I it looked like she received their love. So wow. there were some incredible season 15 outfits And again, to see these live was just incredible. You know what I would like? What do you want? I would like one day to actually, and I think they'll get there, Mm -hmm. to make it even grander is to have a live finale. A live, live finale, like the Oscars or something. That would be bananas. That, I mean, I'm pretty sure knowing RuPaul and the World of Wonder, they will do a live taping right because that is where you really would feel that energy and everything you've done so. live television because i know that you've oh, done yeah. like coverage of the uh, red carpet for the oscars and all the award shows is there any part of you that's like saying oh i can't say any bad words like nervous about that well or the that thing is- that you like about live is that it's just different and it's like whatever happens happens you can't take it back you can't take it back have you ever back. had a slip up live on air where All you the said time. it? I did, oh. I, did, I did like three seasons live of a talk show. It was hilarious. So yes. it's like, you know, it's really good. But we're going to get to the looks. I'm going to take okay. a break because I'm going to get some water because I okay. want to get some more of your info from that live finale. Okay, we'll be right back. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. 
Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Lonnie is completely hydrated. (laughs) We almost had a crisis situation going on here. She was like, I'm like beef jerky. I need water immediately. Honey, because this tea, I was so Mm -hmm. thirsty, you know? (laughs) Oh my goodness. You're giving all the tea, Alec. I love it. All right. So let's get into this episode. Queens of season 15, they Mm -hmm. walk out. Let's talk about these outfits, Alec. I love this parade of queens every year because it's like their curtain call. You know, it's mm-hmm. like their bow after their season. The first one up was Irene Dubois from Seattle. And she wore a gown that I can only describe as her. She looked like if Tinkerbell had a fairy godmother. <laughs> she had this green glitter bodice and this marabou fringe going down a very slim skirt, green wings, a lime green feather headdress, and pixie ears, and she's just looked magical. She was looked like somebody from the Disney Electrical Parade. That's what it reminded me of. Princess Poppy came out <laughs> in a gown that was like a drag version of Regina George from Mean Girls. Yes. Yes. Remember when Regina George in Mean Girls gets hit by the bus and she has to attend the prom in kind of a neck brace halo? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, so, like, she did the neck brace halo, but she covered it in glitter rhinestones. Oh, yeah. Over a pink satin gown. Hilarious. And that makeup was flawless. Flawless, flawless. Platinum blonde wig. And you could tell the audience got it right away. Great yeah. sense of humor. Great camp. Oh, yeah. this was my favorite look right here. This Sugar, one. Yeah, Sugar came out just as oh. an angel, kind of an angel. And her color palette was kind of like Elsa from Frozen. Mm-hmm. She had an ice blue wig that was in a top knot like Ariana Grande, like a yes. top pony. And then she had these wings that sprouted out from her shoulders oh. and kind of like a nude illusion under this ice blue, almost like see-through material. And she had little wings that went all the way down to the bottom of the gown. Honey, she did not come to play. She came no. to make a statement she and did. she really did i mean sugar was so sweet in this outfit. yeah yeah and she had these like almost like gossamer kimono sleeves that she whenever she twirled around her sleeves kind of flew in oh, the air so she really did look like beautiful. Um, an angelic vision amethyst came out in kind of a pop princess outfit a la mm-hmm. britney spears she had a blonde wig that came up into almost like two pigtails coming out of the side kind of like <laughs> a la britney And it was all pink and black. She had layers of taffeta starting at her waist from pink to black to pink to black. And then when she took it off, she had like a pink and black nude illusion catsuit that was kind of like what Rue wore Mm. in the season six promos. Mm -hmm. Remember Panther on the runway? If you Google season six promos, you'll know what I'm talking about. Next up. Oh, so elegant. Robin Fierce. Come on now. Beautiful. 
absolutely oh. beautiful. She did a mermaid gown that was in black and white. And oh. the fishtail was all kind of taffeta black oh. that kind of spread out. Black opera length gloves and her black hair just kind of piled up into this updo and jewels around her neck i mean she looked like radiant like a queen oh just beautiful just like just very operatic yeah exactly like she was an opera singer (laughs) like an opera diva i loved it aura mayari came out in a gown that almost looked like it was inspired by black lace lingerie yes Right? Yeah. yeah, what the girls are wearing right now, that see-through. The see-through gown. So you mm-hmm. can see her her body through it, but she had a black and white wig, a black and white sculpted wig. Beat was incredible. And on her sleeves, because Aura has these big biceps, yes. but they were camouflaged by these huge, puffy sleeves that covered her biceps and then kind of turned into a boa. You know, around her. Beautiful. She also came out with a giant fan, and this got a huge ovation for the audience. Yeah, what was the fan? I didn't, I couldn't see what was on it. She opened up this giant fan, and there was a, a message written on it. It was a black fan, and written on it in gold was, drag is not a crime. Wow. Because Aura Mayari is from Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and Tennessee is where they are now actively legislating to ban drag shows. Yes. And uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, so as as a queen who's undergoing that right now, who's kind of experiencing the discrimination from Tennessee, it was a really defiant, badass thing to do. That was great. Up next is Jax. Okay, trend alert. Jax is like the third queen to come out with this Ariana Grande top knot. You know, the high <laughs> pony. Everybody's doing this high pony. Now, Jax is very game-inspired. So she did this kind of game-inspired look all in denim. It was all geometric shapes sprouting from her sleeves and her body. And it was in denim trimmed in orange. And I was trying to look up. Listen, I don't know what the kids are doing. I don't know anything (laughs) about games or gaming. So I looked up Jax because she said that Jax was her favorite video game character. Jax doesn't look like this. But this was kind of like really cool. My only problem with this was I love it in this picture. You know, it photographs well, but up on stage against the other glitter queens, this kind of disappeared for me a little bit. Having said that, she looked gorgeous. She needed to add some um, rhinestones and some little glitter to the denim. That's probably what it was. But it looks good. Yeah, when Sasha Colby did a denim shredded look earlier in the season, it was studded Mm -hmm. and stoned so that it really caught the light. My problem with this was I love the shapes and everything, but it it absorbed all the light on stage. It kind of got lost in the denim. Next up, Spikes came up the absolute opposite of Sugar. Yes. If Sugar was an angel, Spice was a devil. Red satin gown. And she had these long red sleeves that clung to her. And these kind of like, remember when Gaga did those pointy shoulders mm-hmm. coming out? Yeah. So she had red glitter pointy shoulders that were like Gaga, like devil horns. And then she had a red, scarlet red wig. And then her makeup had red embellishes. She had the red, red lipstick against a pale makeup. And I believe she had red contact lenses and a, a trident. She had that red glitter trident. So it was like... You t- you could say it was like they the twins had a bit. It was like I'm gonna be the complete opposite, and this was yeah. beautiful. I didn't like this. Though. You didn't like it? How come? I don't know. I felt like Sugar's outfit was so much 
more constructed yeah. and it looked expensive. This mm-hmm. one, it just, I, I, that material, it just. The satin is a really tricky material to do well. The fit has to be. That's what it was. Yeah. And if you have satin and it's not done impeccably, it'll, it, it you might look like Party City. You know, there's 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 a party city possibility. I'm not saying that th- what this is. There's stuff about this I appreciate. No, I'm I, saying it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the tailoring, but there's a designer right now that's so hot that all the queens are copying her. Her name is Iris Van Herpen, and she does all of the kind of like cloud-like angelic shapes that mm-hmm. are on Sugar's gown. Mm-hmm. And so I think the difference is Sugar was serving up more like fashion forward, like what's happening right now. Yeah, this, and this one seems was really simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was simple. like a Halloween costume to me. That's mm-hmm. how I felt. But yes, that's yeah. good. Up next, Malaysia Baby Doll Fox. Ooh. If you follow her on Instagram, she posted a video in her stories that said that her gown was like a red velvet. Ursula from mm. The Little Mermaid and you can see it here it's a form fitting gown Woo. and she has red velvet tentacles crawling up her bodice all the way up to her shoulder and wrapping around her neck she has like a platinum Ursula wig and because she's a makeup artist the beat is flawless yeah the I mean, beat matches the actual outfit yeah. I just love this it looks like an insect it's the shape of an insect that's crawling on her. Yeah, side of her. T- it's yes. just, it's an awesome dress. It really is. And the thing about I think the bigger girls, what makes the bigger girls amazing this season, is when you're that size, when you're a bigger girl, the fit is everything. The yeah. proportions are everything, and it's almost like you can't get it wrong. Yeah, because yeah. if you get this wrong. As a bigger girl, it'll show. And the bigger girls delivered this season. I mean, oh, they yeah. did everything that what Eureka calls proportionizing. Well, you know, that's what the issue was with Selena as titties was that some of her outfits were too loose. And yeah. so she's already a bigger girl. And then you make it a loose or it's fit. ill-fitting. Right. It doesn't look right. Whereas like this was perfect for, mm-hmm. you know, Malaysia. She knew how to wear it. Mm-hmm. And also it's okay to add that covering of it. It, it just looked great. The hair uh-huh. looked great. The makeup I, looked great. Yeah. I like her great. taste level. I like her taste. So yeah. I, I, everybody is really excited to see Malaysia Baby Doll Fox. And also you mentioned Selena as titties earlier about the fit. She also fell prey to the satin not looking good on the runway if it's not done correctly. She was clocked for having a satin gown that wasn't impeccably done. Now the person next up, Marsha, 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 did do a red satin gown that was an A-line 50s silhouette. You know, like Mrs. Cleaver, you know, how those A-line dresses from the 50s that Sandra Mm -hmm. D wore or Debbie Reynolds. And it almost looked like ballet slippers, like the red shoes. And then she had this round, almost like red nylon hat and a scarlet ribbon around her neck. And it was almost like she was an ingenue from the 1950s. And she looked very pretty. I thought it was very Very on brand. Very cute. It was very cute. But the reason why that satin works is because she had the skirt, the puff skirt of under. So it smooths it out and it's Mm -hmm. not, you can see it. There's no wrinkles and everything. And also, you know, like I said, it's a very unforgiving fabric. If it's, if the tailoring isn't impeccable, if the fit isn't impeccable, it's going to pucker. It's Mm going to look baggy. It'll go all wrong. But Marsha, Marsha, Marsha got it. All right. Um, Now, is this, was it as spectacular as the other looks? No, but it was on brand and it looked beautiful on her. Yeah. 
They did. Yeah. All right. Next up, Selena S. Titties Come came on out in a pink and purple quinceañera dress. <laughs> now, it, that's pretty big in the Latina culture here in yes. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. The girl's 15th birthday is like her debut ball. It's like yes, debutante ball. And they have these spectacular gowns. If you ever go in downtown LA, you see these gowns in the window. She had these giant shoulders and a huge rose around her waist and flowers all over the front. Like she looked like <laughs> like a quinceañera parade float from the yeah. Tournament of Roses. When she turned around, the <laughs> dress looked like a quinceañera cake with a slice <laughs> cut out of it. There was so much humor in this, so much nod to her own culture. So on stage, when she turned around, how was the reaction? Well, first of all, when she came out in a quinceañera dress in Los Angeles and DTLA... Uh-huh. Where we all know about that culture, everybody went bananas. They, I'm sure. And then when she turned around and did the reveal to have the cake <laughs> cut out of it, a big cake slice cut out of it, and you could see the layers of like, you know, dark pink to light pink with the frosting in between. Hilarious. People like cheered even louder. What you know? type of cake do you think that was? I don't know, like a pink sponge. <laughs> strawberry? A pink sponge. A pink sponge strawberry cake with pink funfetti. I just want to remind people, this is camp. This is what drag oh, is, too. Great it's camp. being campy like this, and that's what she brought, and she also brought her culture into yeah. it, which was yeah. really great. And what's great about Selena as titties is with every look that she's done, whether you like them or not, she's telling you exactly who she is. Exactly. And what she brings to the stage and her energy was was so beautiful it was great to see her there and it was great to see her be appreciated and again seeing these queens because they work so hard you know that it's like they come out to the clubs they do these gigs for no money for so long and the only thing driving you is your passion you know, sometimes that's all you have. So to see them get this reward and this acknowledgement is so moving and so lovely. Next up, Lucy Laduca. Oh, goodness. Now, she did another kind of black lingerie-inspired gown, as black, but she had a like an exoskeleton on the outside. She had like almost like a lime green yellowish uh, skeleton rib cage on the outside. She had like vampire makeup on, like spooky Halloween makeup. Lucy Ladraca. That's Dracula. She, she looked like yeah. Dracula, and her hair went up like Gary Oldman's did in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Or and a Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein going up, but she did this thing in the crown of her head where it looked like the top of her head had been chopped off. So when she bowed, you saw her brain exposed. That's what that was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was a little spooky, but I think it was like <laughs> there was somebody who posted a meme on Instagram that said, this season broke Lucy LaDuca. She started out as Barbie <laughs> and showed her first look and she ended up as Dragula. But uh, it was kind of like, I think it was her going, well, if you're not going to put me in the top four, I'm still going to make an entrance. <laughs> so it was kind of gothy. Yeah, I like it. I you like liked it. it. It's, it's uh, creative and it's different. So I like yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, up next. Now we get to the top four. This is where the audience really went bananas because Michelle always goes, now's your top four, right? And also mm-hmm. with all the queens, Michelle does a catchphrase to introduce them. So when, of course, when Anitra makes her entrance, Michelle goes, you better walk that fucking duck. 
Right. And a Nietzsche came out in almost like a Japanese-inspired anime look. It mm-hmm. had a black patent leather bodice, and the shoulders went up in two points, you know, coming out on both sides. She had these red satin kimono sleeves and a long satin, red satin skirt that opened up in the front with black patent leather boots. And as she walked down the runway, this fabric just floated. You know, she moved the sleeves around and she looked magical. It was very like in those martial arts films where you Mm -hmm. see like the martial artists and and their sleeves are flowing everywhere. It was very that. And I think it was almost in a a nod to her martial arts training because she is a Olympian level Taekwondo artist. Yeah. So she could fuck you up. That's a great great way to, you know, pay homage, you know. Yeah, yeah. Add to her heritage because she is uh, Japanese, Filipino, Puerto Rican, German. And she combines all those elements. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Heinz 57. Lux Noir London. I love this Michelle introduced her going London, Milan, New Jersey. There was an artist in the 1920s that used to do illustrations for the Ziegfeld Follies, and they were called Ziegfeld Girls. And the mm-hmm. artist was a French artist named Air Tay, and that's what this reminded me of. She looks like a showgirl from it. the 20s. It's a, a pink bodice, like a light pink bodice on top that's almost kind of opalescent that had a train skirt in the back, pink satin pumps, and then these feathers that came out from the waist Mm -hmm. and kind of like two arcs, four arcs of feathers, so delicate and a matching feather headdress. Her hair was like sculpted like a 1930s movie star. Mm -hmm. She looked like she weighed like 10 pounds coming down the runway. So delicate. She's a young queen and this was a young look and it was on brand for her. And it she was just looks so pretty. A beautiful look. I mean, yeah, beautiful. Uh, you know, and you consider that this is a kid who I refer to her as a kid because I'm old, and this is somebody who started as a drag queen on Instagram and was doing all of this stuff during the pandemic. But she's done her homework. She's put Definitely. in the work. You know, Definitely. so. Amazing. Up next was Mistress, Mistress Isabel, Isabel Brooks. Brooks. Ra ra ra. Okay, this is okay. I I had to write down what this gown fabric looked like. Okay, it is iridescent coral neoprene. Now, what neoprene is like it's that fabric that people, you know, those wetsuits that people wear when they go surfing. Yes. Now imagine that in a coral, imagine that in an iridescent, imagine that shaped into a mermaid fishtail gown. And that's what Mistress Isabel Brooks did here. (laughs) It's completely hourglassed. She's cinched for the gods. She's wearing opera gloves. She has her signature Mistress Isabel Brooks beat with that white eyeshadow yes. that kind of bumps up her eyes. She has an auburn updo. This is pageantry. This is Miss Continental Plus. This was breathtaking in person. It was, I mean, just the pictures. She looks gorgeous. Yeah. She's another person that knows her body. And mm-hmm. she knows the material mm-hmm. that she can get away with yep. to make her body even look just a little bit more fit, a little more, you know, a little right. smaller. It's like how you can be a big girl and still serve complete hourglass, May West. Definitely. You know, she did this as breathtaking. Last but not least in the season 15 runway is Sasha Colby. 
And she came out, trend alert, everybody's doing a lot of lingerie. She did a lingerie version of Audrey Hepburn's Ascot Day dress from My Fair Lady. This kind of Victorian era gown with a very elegant plumage on top, like a beautiful hat, but it's all done in red. Head to toe red. Wow, she had a long, full length gown made out of tulle, so it was completely see through. She had a little parasol with her that was all kind of, you know, wrapped up and closed. She came out, the audience went bananas, and you can't hear this on the audio, but when she tapped that parasol three times one, two, three, mm-hmm. everybody just went. Oh, wow. Crazy. It was crazy. It was looks on look. Out of the four, who's your favorite? The top four? Out of the top four, I think for me, wow, it's hard to choose, but I'm all about performance and impact live. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was Sasha for me. Wow. There was something about Sasha coming to the stage that it was just kind of like she's channeling some kind of ancient spirit. Yeah, <laughs> that everybody could looks. feel. Yeah. You know, it's it's looks on looks, and I don't know if you've ever been when I when I saw Prince at the BET Awards, and when he walked onto the stage, the presence that he brought with him was yes. I was like, there's something happening here that's not quite human, that's a little magical. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've had that experience. You've probably had that experience watching people perform live. You go to a lot of live things. Yes. And she brought that energy with her on stage that there was something magical about her. Not quite. I think it has a lot to do with, you know, if, if you look at all of the episodes and what we've been going through, the experience, you cannot pay for the type of experience that she has had to go through yeah. and being prepared. And mm-hmm. I think that's what you see throughout all of her performances through each and every episode. But this one being the finale, you have to step it up. It's like, this is your last chance. And it's real easy for people to assume that, oh, I got it in a bag and not, and and we're going to talk about it a little bit, you know, down down further. Mm -hmm. But it's real easy for people to, you know, think I got it in a bag and then they ease up. And right. then someone else can come because people got to remember the final say is with Mama Rue. Is what Mama Rue says. And watching Sasha enter and do her runway, also you know live, everything's longer. They have to cut it for the right, you right. know for the broadcast. Watching her enter, I could see her not letting up. I could see in her eyes this: I'm still competing. Yeah. I'm still. It could. It's still anybody's game at this point. That's a true competitor. Yeah. She is a true. Yep. True. True competitor so we got our looks rupaul comes with the entrance and courage to love performance tell me about her outfit her outfit oh my gosh this is my favorite part of seeing the finale is always seeing rue make the entrance and all she does is walk forward step touch and two and four (laughs) and the place has a collective stroke and it's because of who she is and how much she's introduced as the mother of the house of love. Everybody unanimously stands up like to almost like we're paying homage and Rue comes out. She's in another Zaldi gown. It's in canary yellow, which looks great against her skin. She has her high platinum RuPaul wig. And uh, this gown has a gold ribbon that snakes it sway down from her left shoulder to her right waist 
And then all the way down, it kind of circles her and kind of zigzags all the way down her body, almost like she's like a a gold ribbon winner. But the (laughs) ribbon is placed so strategically and it catches the light everywhere she moves. She's surrounded by these hot dancers, dancers in person again. (laughs) Every time they yelled cut, I would yell at the top of my lungs to the dancer on the far left. I love you. Um, Hot, hot boys. And RuPaul just kind of takes it in. But there's something about her that when she turns on RuPaul, she's turning on this presence that I was talking about earlier, but she's also not taking herself seriously. Yeah. She appreciates, you know, I, I've i never seen a person because after 15 seasons, a person could, you know, get tired or they like, they like phone it in. Saying, yeah. And fun. I have never seen RuPaul phone it in like, you know, ever. And that's yeah. the reason why. And I think especially now with what's going on in the country, mm-hmm. people are even more appreciative of RuPaul yes. now and the mm-hmm. things that's happening. Because, you know, I can remember when Drag Race first started. And I can remember before the Emmys, you know, yeah. how it was, you know, we were like, is it going to last? Right. Is this show going to happen? Yeah. You know, nobody's going to watch. And then mm-hmm. when you see now it's season 15 and you see the elevation and yeah. everybody has elevated. And this is like something. So I'm just so happy for RuPaul. Me too. And so deserving. Yeah. So and deserving. it started out as this low budget you know, mm-hmm. thing that was filmed in the basement of World of Wonder. I yeah. mean, uh, it was like, I think the first grand prize was like 10,000 bucks mm-hmm. and a tour with Absolu that was sponsored by Absolu. And then now it's $200,000 <laughs> and it's a global phenomenon. Rue came out and made the announcement that now more than ever, drag is about love and it's about freedom and ask the audience to contribute to the ACLU's Drag Defense Fund. This is why it's important for us. And I'm glad that Rue uses this platform. Mm-hmm. You know, if Rue wanted to be scared and say, no, 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 we just we let us do our little. Sh- no, no, no. Right. We're going to work with people. We're going to use this platform to spread it. And so we hear about the ACLU Drag yeah. Defense Fund. We want everyone to donate as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And we hear about it throughout the whole episode. The right. other judges there. Michelle Carson Ross and T.S. Madison and the Maxi Challenge Rue says that the top four will perform original solo numbers inspired by their charisma uniqueness nerve and talent and in the end two queens who impress Miss RuPaul the most will go head to head and toe to toe in the final lip sync for the crown we're gonna keep talking about it we're gonna keep fighting just like the ACLU but we're gonna Mm -hmm. take a quick break and we'll be right back MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, Lonnie. Again, if you want to donate to the ACLU or find out about the ACLU Drag Fund, go to ACLU 
Dot org. Now it's time for the solo performances. Oh, I was so excited. Yeah. The very first time I ever saw the solo performances was Bob the Drag Queen's season, where wow. World of Wonder wrote these individual songs that fit all of the personalities. And oh. Bob the Drag Queen's was, um, I don't want to show off, hilarious. So <laughs> this season wasn't any different. Well, it was different in that they wrote custom songs for all the queens. And Anitra came out and sang a song called Lotus. And I, I wrote down some of the lyrics. In Buddhist culture, they say the lotus blooms in the muddiest of water. Mm. It has to start out in the mud. And I think right before What's Love Got to Do With It, starring Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. there was this quote. Let me get it right. Um, okay. Lotus what? Okay. <laughs> you know what, Grandpa? Listen, Grandpa. Okay, 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 here it is. Here it is. Okay, sorry. The lotus flower blooms most beautifully from the deepest, deepest mud. That is a Buddhist saying, meaning that you can only get this bloom by going through the deepest, darkest stuff. Oh, you so and you said that three times. Okay. I did. We got oh. it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. Did you ever tell you about the time I was in Las Vegas and these black women talked to me in the elevator? So, Anitra performed the song. How yes. was the song looking at it live? So beautiful. And she came out in this cat suit that she's a stunt queen. So she needed a, yes. an outfit that she could do stunts Whoa. in. So she is in a white glitter cat suit that is like, it's stoned and it was covered in lotuses, you know? Oh. And she sings the song about the lotus. She sings the song. I was kind of surprised that she didn't duck walk as much as I thought. I, thought I know, gonna... I know. But uh, the lyrics in her song was, to reflect her journey this season was, my story is a story where I felt all the shame. My story is a story where I can't beat the pain. But my story doesn't end with me fading away. I'm going to reach for the light like a lotus. Just beautiful. That is just beautiful. Yeah, and after yeah. her song, RuPaul does a little question and answer. You know what? RuPaul asked Anitra what her superpower was, and then they cut to Alec. To me in the audience. To me in the audience. First of all, you started the what is your superpower. (laughs) Right. So someone's been listening to the podcast. Because I was like, wait, somebody's listening to the podcast. RuPaul, if you listen to the podcast and you got that from me, you're welcome. (laughs) And I love you. Like kind of like a coincidence? I don't think so. And she said her superpower was leaping over women with BFAs. It was so funny. <laughs> In reference to her lip sync with Marsha, 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 where they did Doja Cat's boss. Also, her dad was there. That was a great moment. Her, they showed her dad trying on her wigs. He was, I mean, it's nothing like having a supportive parent. Mm-hmm. And you saw that, you saw the pride mm-hmm. that he had for yeah. Anitra. I Beautiful. mean, oh, oh. Beautiful. And he said he couldn't duck walk because he has bad needs. I'm like, I yeah. feel you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you would have to have pretty strong knees to do any kind of movement like Anitra did. Seeing it live was just celebratory and, mm-hmm. and great. I won't talk about the Lotus anymore. I just wanted to get it right. I I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Up next was Lux. Her song is 
It's giving fashion. It's giving fashion. And Lux came out in like, again, a reference to RuPaul. RuPaul, when she did the Viva Glam lipstick campaign, yeah, I, I believe in the 90s, she was in red patent leather from head to toe. Like a red patent leather corset, red patent leather boots. And Lux came out in a similar look. And her song was, it's giving fashion. Fashion. The chorus kept on saying, keep the cameras flashing. It's giving fashion. And it was so catchy. It was like an instant earworm. It sounded like a club song already. It was so much fun. It was great. And her family, her boyfriend was there and her mom was there. It was so good Mm -hmm. to see her mom. Uh, She also said her creativity and confidence comes from her family. And when they asked her mom, she says, well, I think it's from my mom. And then I think it's from me too and her dad. And and then Rue was like, yeah, nobody's modest in this family. Yeah, I thought it was really cute. But I love that they instilled that confidence in her you know Lux is already responding to the haters online and said if I came across as cocky and overconfident she goes that was my point you have to be cocky and overconfident to be a black drag queen and she brought it I mean you think about the confidence it takes to put on those outfits and go onto the stage and perform she has it and she brought it to the stage next up a tribute to Bob Mackie oh I love this I love this this is something new correct giving us lifetime achievement award (laughs) giving us lifetime achievement award to Bob Mackie for those of you who don't know Bob Mackie is a legendary costume designer how legendary he designed every single gown and costume for the Carol Burnett show. And Cher. He did and a lot Cher. Of, for um, Sonny and Cher. Those sexy yeah. outfits that yeah. Cher wore. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Tina Turner and Margaret. And it just keeps going and going to the point where people are still wearing Bob Mackie gowns today. Yes. They showed Zendaya on the red carpet. They showed mm-hmm. all these pop stars still wearing Bob Mackie. And to have this amount of longevity... And to still be like all these years later, a a six decade career to have people still going, it's an original Bob Mackie, you know, and and on top of all of that, he's the nicest, nicest man. He was the very first celebrity guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. I remember one summer I was performing in Provincetown and I saw him on the street and he couldn't be anybody else. I fangirled and said, (laughs) oh, my God, I'm your biggest fan. And I said, I'm performing at Town Hall tonight. I'm doing stand-up. And he said, I'll go. So when people say that, I'm like, okay, sure, you'll go. All right, I'll see you later. He came. He came to the show. Wow. And I was so moved by how lovely and how genuine and generous he was. He didn't have to do that. He could have come to my show and I could have stank up the joint. You know, he didn't ever see me perform live before. And so he's a lovely person and unbelievably talented. And it was great to see his lifetime of work acknowledged in this way. And this is how you honor and you give flowers to people. And so I was Mm -hmm. so happy that RuPaul decided giving us lifetime achievement award. Up next was Mistress. Isabel Brooks. Her song was Delusion. She's like, I'm here to clear all the confusion. I'm the solution to your drag delusion. Oh, it's, she was so good. She came out almost like in fetish wear. You know, in in a lot of fetishes, they have a white patent leather nurse's outfit. Mm -hmm. And that's what she wore. She came out in a white patent leather trench coat to reveal a naughty nurse outfit underneath. And she had a, a nurse's hat that had MIB on it. <laughs> this so is Isabel Brooks. 
so great. She had fantastic choreography and all of the dancers lifted her like she didn't weigh a thing. I was like, whoo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a big girl, I'm like, whoo. And they, they, they did it and they Lonnie, didn't flinch. They lifted her while she was doing the splits. <gasps> so it's kind of like if you're a big girl then uh, what's your excuse? It's like, she, it was like, this is why I love drag because it's like, I can be big and sexy Mm -hmm. and beautiful Mm -hmm. and the queen of the party. I can turn the party being the shape that I am, being a big girl. It doesn't matter. But she's found a way to do the splits though. Cause you notice she does the running splits. Yeah. Where she runs and then she puts her leg out That's and then crazy. slides to the floor. And I was like, whoa. And it's. Yeah. She defies gravity. And oh when she, I mean, when you see her do that on the television show, when she runs into the splits and she, she has a fist pumping into the air to see yes. her do that live to be lifted in the splits. I mean, I, I, I would have broken a hip. There's no way I could. She have said done she actually held back on the show as far as her acting up. Do you believe that? I don't know what. How how shady can you get? How much shadier? I know. But it's a thing of like, I think what made Mistress so compelling this season was there are other girls giving pageant answers or diplomatic answer to things. Yeah. And Mistress is one of those people that if you don't want to hear my opinion, don't ask me. Yeah. yeah. If you want to hear the truth. And also she would call out stuff around her. You know, she would call out stuff like, oh, that's fake. Oh, that's totally fake. Or she would roll her eyes and it was, I felt like it was candid, but I never felt like the intention was mean. I felt like she was the energy of the show. She gave us the drama that we needed. She gave us the comedy. She gave us Mm -hmm. the reads and she's that person, you know, very captivating. Her drag mom, Chevelle Brooks, said that she made everyone proud and also Mistress talked about the importance of drag families. When you, you know, we forget I guess it irritates me because people who are so-called straight people Mm -hmm. and they look at other people and they don't understand the problems that that person is going through and they don't have empathy for them. Mm -hmm. A lot of kids, when they decide to come out, they're rejected by their families. And we've talked about this before and we talk about how you can hopefully get a drag family and they can take you in Mm -hmm. and- it's so important to be able to have that because yeah. where else can you go? Right. You know what it I mean? Was, we kind of saw that played out on the series Pose. It's like a lot of the trans kids or a lot of uh, baby drag queens. I was in the show with a trans girl who said the importance of drag families. She said, I had no place to go. Hmm. She goes, my mother kicked me out of the house and my drag mother took me in, fed me, hmm. taught me a trade taught me a trade that became my livelihood, mm-hmm. you know? And, and all of a sudden I had a way to pay the bills and I had a way to become independent after my own family rejected me. And she said that even though she doesn't live in Tennessee anymore, my friend Calpurnia, she says that when she sees her drag family in Nashville, they call each other up and they can pick up exactly where they left off. So, Definitely. I mean, they really do become your family. You go to the gigs with them. You hang out, watch television. You go out to the clubs afterwards. You eat together. You support each other. So it really does become the people who look out after you. And it's nice because when you do an event like this, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to have somebody to sit there 
You know what I mean? Right. It's like right. you want you want somebody. I mean, you have some people, their moms. You're lucky enough, right. like Lux, to have your mom, you know, and yeah. Anitra to have your dad. Everybody doesn't have that. Everybody and so it kind of reminds you. Do you ever see those Instagram videos of like a preschooler who's in the school play or at the school assembly or the winter Christmas concert? And they're mm-hmm. walking out on stage and they can't see their parents. You know, yeah. they can't see them. They're kind of look kind of worried or sad. And all of a sudden they see their mom or dad way from the audience mm-hmm. and the kid lights up, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. that part of us that never goes away that wants to be loved and yeah. accepted that you're special to me. You exactly. matter to me. You're yeah. not somebody who can be thrown away. And discarded like a piece of trash. You know, it's like you matter. And that's what makes people come alive. And that's what makes life worth living are the people who care about you. So I'm getting sentimental. I almost made myself cry for a little bit. Last but not least is Sasha Kobe. And her song is Goddess. Goddess. She says G-O-D-D-E-S-S. That bitch is a goddess. (laughs) (laughs) She's not being modest. She came out kind of like a, a Adam and Eve glitter sneak. You know, she had this long kind of almost like a sleeve that was green glitter that held her legs together, right? And uh-huh. she came out. And so she was like a long green snake, which was a look actually that Bob Mackie did for Cher on the Sunny and Cher show years ago. Yes. Yeah, she did it. And you could see it online. So she comes out, uh, carried out by all the dancers. And before they put her down, they strip off the snake skin. Yes. And she has a nude illusion bodysuit under it, serving body yaddy yaddy. Uh-huh. And there's green glitter leaves strategically placed all over her so she almost looks naked right and Mm -hmm. she comes out and she had braids all over her yeah she had the jumbo braids these heavy jumbo braids that she just whipped around so beautiful it was a different type of look and it was it was very good she says the best part is meeting the fans and parents who love drag yeah you know it was just nice to you know who was there for her she had her artist friends from hawaii who supported her and she said she had a sister from hawaii as well rupaul brought up you said you use the word mahu during the season. And what does mahu mean? And she said, mahu is from the Hawaiian culture. It means the third gender. And in ancient Hawaiian cultures, they were revered. Like in Native American cultures, they're called the two-spirit people, people who possess both masculine and feminine energies. Mm -hmm. And they said in the mahu cultures, they gave the children to, they were looked after by all the mahu people because who better to teach the children about the culture and what it means to live on this earth and how to be a compassionate person than somebody possesses both masculine and feminine energy. Wow. What could be more divine? We are just learning so much. It was beautiful (laughs) because it was kind of like she kind of said, you know, I'm both drag and trans. I'm a drag queen and I'm a trans woman. And both those things are under attack right now. And in ancient Hawaiian cultures, we were revered. You know, wow. and ancient cultures, you know, pre-colonial cultures before people showed up, these ancient Aboriginal cultures, ancient Native cultures, all have these cultures of about nature because nature is both masculine and feminine. Yes. You know, it was yeah. like the wind and the earth isn't just one thing. It's both powerful and feminine. You know, the ability to create and receive. You know, it's just society. Alec, it's just society and people that are afraid and they, they want things done their way. You know, mm-hmm. and half of the time they doing the same thing we doing. <laughs> the 
thing people tell me right? not to drink and be sitting up there you catch them in a bar it's like what yeah it's like yeah people need to leave people alone Let i people know be but happy. it's kind of like i think the prejudice is there's only one way of doing things and it's like, yeah, that's just not the not, way the world works. No, it's not at all. Yeah. You know, now we come to the point of the show where you have the four wonderful performances, but two have to be let go. And oh. we find out that Sasha, Kobe, and Anitra make it to the final lip sync for the crown. I just want to say to Lux and to Mistress, they had a phenomenal Phenomenal season. Phenomenal season. We wouldn't have been able to have the season we had if it wasn't for their energy, their creativity. Yeah. And there we're gonna see so much more of these queens. So it's not a loss. It is not a loss at all. Absolutely. And they brought two different things to the season. You know, Mistress Isabel said, I want to bring old school drag. I want to show you where it comes from. I want to bring that, you know, to a national stage. And Lux kind of represented the newer generation of queens coming up. Now you were there. How was the energy once it was announced? They looked pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Those two girls, I, like, I saw, I saw the look on Mistress's yeah, face. Yeah, Mistress was just kind of like, oh, you know, I, I, they were mad, but because this means something to them, and yeah. they take this very seriously. But it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it was honest. It was, I was kind of reminded yeah, of Angela you know Bassett what? at the Oscars, kind of like, I'm not happy about this. I'm <laughs> not going to pretend. <laughs> but you know what? When I did Star Search many yep. moons ago. You were on Star Search. I was in Star Search. That's though. right. And I got all the way up to the grand finale, $100,000. Oh and gosh. it was between me and this other guy. And they announced his name. I had already prepared for it. And I had said to myself, I will lose gracefully. Oh. And that's not everybody. I, no. get, I get it because everybody is different. And that's what we support. Yeah. But... I can look back on that and say I'm so proud because I wanted to stump the fuck off. <laughs> because, yeah, you didn't show your ass on Starship. <laughs> I try to think about, you know, what I would do in that position. And mm-hmm. I think I, as an older person, as, mm-hmm. a, as a person who's been doing this for a minute... I'm filled with so much gratitude for every opportunity to be yeah. seen anywhere, you know, and I still walk through the world. Like I said at the beginning, when I'm surrounded by celebrities, I'm always pleasantly surprised when they're like, hey, Alec, nice but to see you. When you're you, in you know? a competition, though, I know. Alec, I know. and you, I know. you're I know. waiting and you got to see, that's the thing, too. It's the buildup. It's the, sure. you know, you're waiting sure. for them. They're, they're going to say a name. Yeah. And you're it, like, OK, it's like testing for a pilot. Oh. You know, it's like when there's four of you up for the part and only one of you is going to get it, one. you know. And that's happened to me. I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't feel good, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things. It's radical acceptance. What can you do about it? Yeah. I can radically accept this. It doesn't mean I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's how you handle it because the whole world is watching. That's something, too, that I always I always right. tell people I know it's hard, but just remember the whole world is the watching. Is and, the whole and you know who world, gets that? RuPaul who? gets that. Uh, I could yeah. see her throughout the taping, throughout out the live taping knowing that I could be recorded at any moment. Mm-hmm. I could be, you know, if something doesn't go right, you know, shake it off. Mm-hmm. If something's taking a little longer than it should, don't act pissed about it. Like there was so much poise and so much grace and also an awareness of the world is watching. Definitely. And you know what's Definitely. watching? This break is watching us. <gasps> so we'll be right back because we've got more to cover and we'll do it right after this. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. We're here with Lonnie Love, almost winner of Star Search. (laughs) What a good sport. What a good sport. I lost sport. gracefully. And we continue <laughs> with these performances. We had Leland and Orville Peck. They did a wonderful performance built on drag and also wig loose. It was just great. How was that live? So much fun. It was just so much fun. And also it was like a it was a number that involved all of the queens mm-hmm. on stage and everything. And they did their very moving ballad that Anitra sang during the wig loose competition. You know, everything was built on drag, all the freedoms that we now celebrate, all the rights that we have. They were built on drag. And then they broke out into wig loose. Which they sang, oh, which is nice. very, very catchy. Then we had Willow Peel return for her last uh, time as the yes. current reigning queen. Yeah, what was that like? And Cornbread returned too. Uh, yeah, Willow and Cornbread. Willow came out looking like a willow tree, like a <gasps> weeping willow tree, oh. but made out of flowers. It was so oh. beautiful. And Cornbread did a Beauty and the Beast look last year, yeah. where she kind of did a, a face application, almost like a rubber mask, where she was beauty and the beast like combined and this year she came out like a drag version of the cowardly lion in the whiz yeah she was like lion king yeah <laughs> it's like you know so what I mean? much fun cornbread did an original rap about the season 15 queens yes named each of them by name in the rap which i thought was so cool that was so creative and cool mm-hmm. and the queens had voted for Miss Congeniality, and the winner was... Malaysia Baby Doll Fox. She wins $10,000 presented by Olay Body. And then Cornbread does the additional announcement that all the other queens, courtesy of Olay Body, also get $2,000. That was nice. I, that was I nice. mean, come on. You know, just a participation trophy, but better than that, because it's 2,000 bucks. <laughs> hey, I don't know about hey, you, but. Money is money. <laughs> 2,000 bucks can get me out of a couple jams right now. I'm not going to turn my nose up at that. And then the showstopper, okay. Jinx Monsoon, who mm. just was on Broadway in Chicago. Yes. And she increased sales so much in Chicago. She was only supposed to play like, I think, six to eight weeks. Yeah. They added two more weeks to her run mm-hmm. because there were so many people because they that show's been running her. for more than 20 years. Yeah. But she increased ticket sales so much because people wanted to see her perform live. She came out and sang her number from Chicago, uh, When, when you're, good you're Good to Mama. To Mama. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. And I wanted to, I, oh, I wanted so bad to go down there and see Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that song is what Queen Latifah sang in the movie mm-hmm. where she was nominated for an Oscar. And what was so great about that is right after she sang it, also, also seeing her sing it live, it's yes. like, it's undeniable. She's so talented. It's yeah. bananas. It's like she took her talent. She told RuPaul that drag gave her a pathway to becoming successful. It gave her a pathway. And I got to give this quote because I think this quote applies to stand-up comics, dancers, singers, artists of any kind. She says, when you know who you're supposed to be 
and you fight for your ability to be that. And when you be that, it's who you're supposed to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. When, when you know who sense. you're supposed to be and you fight for your ability to be that, and when you, you are that, when you become that, it's who you're supposed to be. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. Yeah. Makes it's sense. the journey from your imagination into making your dreams come true. And, and it's, it's like, just great. And when your dreams come true, it's like, you were supposed to be Lonnie Love. You know, mm-hmm. you were supposed to be this performer. And, and I love that. And so then we see this clip in 2013 of Jinx saying her dream is to perform in drag on Broadway. How great is that, yeah. that they had that clip? I know. And then here we are today. I know. She's awesome. Dreams come true. Dreams and then to have true. that moment lead up to the final lip sync for the crown. Oh, my goodness. Okay. This is the last chance to impress Rue and to prove to the world that they are America's next drag superstar. Okay, so- can I just say, <laughs> and squirrel friends, if you go back and look... When you see RuPaul say, um, and don't fuck it up, you see two heads pop to the side of RuPaul's shoulders Shoulders. like they're angels. Yep. One of them is me. (laughs) Because I saw the camera aimed at RuPaul, and I saw her saying that, and I saw I wasn't in frame. So... One of the things that I was taught when I first came to town was touch the money, meaning that if you're seen with the star next to the star, then you're going to be in the thing. <laughs> so I saw that Rue's wig was blocking me in my seat, so I just moved out to the side so I could be seen in the shot. <laughs> Squirrel friends, if you didn't catch it, you, you will see the little head, the glasses, the silver hair. Yeah, that's our Alec. So that's his you, moment. You would have done it too. You would have done it too. You would have oh, peeked out from next behind. To you, you, yeah, you would have seen yeah. my wig and everything. I would have been. I would have been. I would have stood up. See, you were. You were kind. I would have stood up. Kind. Do you know what? I didn't want them to go cut. Somebody's acting the fool in the back of RuPaul. We can't use this. So I tried to do it as subtly as I can. But if you look closely, you know, if you see it for the first time, you're not going to notice it. But if you look really closely, you'll see me being a complete it's, it's idiot. It's awesome. Though. Yeah. It was, it, it was really, you. really awesome. So yeah. the final lip sync song was Knock on Wood by Amy Stewart. I love that song. I love that song. I love okay, that song. let's talk about this lip sync. All right. Anitra came out in a nude illusion catsuit and a platinum blonde kind of gaga wig. And she had a heart emblazoned over her heart. And Sasha Colby came out in like a giant puffer coat that was in the shape, trend alert, of a mermaid gown. Uh-huh. She takes off the mermaid puffer coat to reveal like a Jessica Rabbit type dress. Mm-hmm. Purple sequins. And her hair's in an updo, very elegant updo. She looks like a showgirl. Uh-huh. And Serving body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. She's not done. She's not done. And that was like amazing enough. And Anitra's doing her kicks. She's doing her duck walk. But what does Sasha do? She pulls out a rod that looks Come like a, just a single rod in the middle of her gown. Mm. And the front of her gown separates. And she's practically naked. <laughs> I was she's like, wearing, <gasps> she's wearing a G-string. She's wearing almost like what looks like pasties over a transparent like bikini top. Mm-hmm. And her body is just, kind of, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. And this is what I noticed too, Lonnie, right before the lip sync started, I saw Sasha Colby close her eyes mm-hmm. and kind of take a deep breath and get into the zone. And when she opened her eyes, she was gone. 
whatever wow. it is that she calls upon to perform was present. But this is what got me mm. towards it because for a minute there, I'm like, Anitra might have this at the beginning. Yeah. But Sasha Kobe was so good at that lip sync that she was building up. And it wasn't just the reveal. When mm. she took that coat and she got on it and started making it like it was a... A Playboy a, photo shoot. Oh, I was like... I, I, she yeah. gave you four different looks. Yeah, yeah. In less than two minutes. The audience was screaming. Oh. They couldn't believe it. And, uh, you know, they had to keep cutting back to Anitra on right, the show right. to kind of show the two different performances. <laughs> but it's, I know, and Anitra's so talented and yeah. so fantastic. But it was kind of like, okay, full disclosure, I'm watching it live and I'm like, I was afraid to look away from Sasha because I didn't want to miss anything. Because <laughs> I was like, what's she going to do next? Unbelievable. She's I mean, taking it off was, clothes. She's pulling up coats. She's she, taking a photo shoot. I've what? never seen anybody take a dress off that way. When I saw Anitra pull out the red, and Anitra pulled out the, oh, the, yeah. the red, and I was like, okay, she's going to take right. hers off. And it was like, An- wait. Anitra <laughs> pulled this red satin ribbon out of the heart, like, and then twirling it around her, almost like rhythm and just gymnastics. And again, she's undeniably talented. But it, you're watching this going, that was that was the magic of seeing it live. It was like being in church. It was like when when everybody gets the spirit and everybody is like screaming and hollering. It was it was magical. And we find out that the winner of season fifteen, Alec, the winner of the crown, the two hundred thousand dollars, the year supply of Anastasia Beverly Hills Cosmetics, America's next drag superstar is Sasha Colby. Yeah. Congratulations to our winning queen. It was so well-deserved. And one of the things that I love that I got to witness live at the taping was right before they did that lip sync, I saw Anitra and Sasha Colby make eye contact and wish each other good luck. So they're not only both fantastic queens, they're both loving and good sports. It was great to witness. We'll be right back after this break. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I still haven't let go of you not winning... Star Search. I'm, I'm pretty sore about it. I mean, you may have moved on, but I haven't. We're back, Squirrel Friends, and that's it. That is the season finale of season 15. The super sweet 16 really gave us a sickening season, but we've got one more episode dropping, so keep an eye on the podcast feed. We have some very, very special guest stars sashaying by. You don't want to miss it. Lonnie, final thoughts on the finale? 
Uh, it was a great finale. I'm glad that it was live. I'm glad that you were able to give us the behind the scenes mm. scoop. So thank you, my friend. And oh. it's been a wonderful season 15 doing this with you. So I've Likewise, had a Likewise, Lonnie. This is like the, the highlight of every week. Now, if you love this season, you love the queens, remember to tip your queens, show them love on their socials. We want to change and revolutionize the drag race fandom. Rue is the mother of the house of love. Show them love. Don't forget to tweet us or DM us if you have questions or hot takes for the queens. Our social handles are at Alec Mappa on Instagram. Please follow Alec and at Comic Lonnie Love on Instagram and at Lonnie Love on Twitter. You can listen to Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, if you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us five stars, please, and tell a friend. Watch all new episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 15 every Friday on MTV. We'll be back next time for an all-new episode of Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. See you soon. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.